Acts chapter 12. I'm gonna, we're going to do some speed dating tonight. Speed preaching, should say. Acts chapter 12, we're going to read in verse 1. If you find it, just stand real quick in reverence to the Word of God. It says, Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter, after Passover, to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers and was bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And the angel of the Lord, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. Turn to your neighbor and say, Follow me. And he went out and followed him. Wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. And when they were past the first and second ward, they came unto an iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them on its own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent an angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. If my volunteers will come tonight as we pray. God, we come before you and we thank you for the words that you've given, Brother Cameron, and we thank you for the words that you're giving here tonight. Lord, we ask that your word go forth in that anointing and that power. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church says, Amen. You know me, i got to do a demonstration every now and again, just so you don't get bored with me. All right. So we find here in this story something that many of us have heard preached many different ways and very familiar to most of us. What has happened is the early church is just taken off. Peter and the disciples are witnessing to the Jews in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to uttermost regions of the world. Now it's starting to get out to the Gentiles. But what begins to happen is persecution begins to ramp up as well. I want you to hear this tonight. You've heard it probably a hundred times. But when there is a move of God's Spirit or the possibility of a move of God's Spirit, the enemy will begin to escalate his attack. So that's what happens. Herod comes and he binds James and kills him with a sword. Then what begins to happen, I know this looks really crazy right here. 
But what begins to happen is is he he sees that it pleases the people how many how many know that that I'll just put it to you this way uh, media in this day and age love a good bad story they would love to smear every preacher they can every worship leader they can every associate minister every youth minister they would love to 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 just trash anybody I want you to know the enemy's been doing that for years and Herod realized that, that hey you know what people like it when I persecute the church People like it when you persecute the church because the church is all about truth, and truth will offend people. How many knows that that we live in a day and age where a lot of people like to deny truth, do not like to hear truth? So what begins to happen is uh, Peter is taken and apprehended by, uh, by Herod, and he's thrown into the innermost prison. But he's not just thrown into the innermost prison. He's bound and chained, and the enemy is all around him. I want you to pay close attention here because what the Lord began to reveal to me is, 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 is he showed me this portion of Scripture in a manner, Brother Chris, that I'd never seen it before. I've heard people preach that Peter was fast asleep because he had peace and confidence in God, and, and that could be so. I believe that could absolutely be so. But the Lord began to show me a picture of the church, and he said, this is what I see, and, and, and I want you to understand, I, I'm going to get very encouraged here in a moment. I've come to encourage you tonight, but I want you to understand where we are. God is desiring to do great things in the day that we live in, but I want you to know that myself personally, Brother Chris, I'm sick of talking about it. I want to experience it. I'm sick of conversing about it. Oh, God's up to something. God's up to something. I want you to know as we preached last week, yes, God is up to something, but he's needing you to step into obedience to bring that about. God is wanting to do something. He wants to do something. Here, let me tell you this. He wants to do something. Every morning you wake up, every day you take a breath, He wants to do something in your life. Every worship service, as the preacher preaches, He wants to do something in every altar service. But it's about us getting into obedience and getting into alignment with His will and with His purpose to pursue it. But what began to happen is Peter fell fast asleep in the midst of the persecution in the midst of the enemy ramping up his attacks I'll tell you this in my life the enemy has ramped up attacks talk to other people they, they just feel wore out they feel exhausted they feel like they have no energy like they just can't go no more They're, they say there's I was talking to someone the other day they just said there's just something different I don't know what it is and I began to tell them I know exactly what it is is the enemy trying to keep you in a prison that he has prepared for you. And what has happened is that the church has gotten to a place in a prison that the enemy has made for them in this nation where the church can't have a say, where the church can't have a voice, where the people of God can't be who God is telling them to be, where the church seems to have no power, where the church seems to have no authority. What has happened is just what Brother Cameron spoke about a moment ago is the comfort set in and we got used to it being this way. We got used to it being this way. Surrounded by the enemy. Gates and chains. Chains on your worship. Chains on your praise. Chains in cells and prison cells on your prayer life. 
hear me tonight. I want to speak to some things that's been messing with the people of God. There's some things that's tried to entrap you. But what the enemy tries to do is tries to wear you down to the point that you will stop resisting. So we see that Peter's in this place and he's just asleep. And again, I, I, I don't want to discredit. Again, ministers have said, you know, maybe he was, he was asleep because he had such peace in, in God. And, and I'm not disputing that, but the Lord began to show me this in Scripture. As he said, the church is fast asleep because the enemy has surrounded them and convinced them it's not worth another try. So what happens? We read through the text. The Bible says, the church was praying. We talk about prayer a lot in this church. Church, I want you to know why, why it's so easy to get so busy is because the enemy does not want a praying church. See, here's the problem. The enemy don't mind if you read. He don't mind if you pray. But he don't like it when you read and pray. Because it brings about maturity, which brings about authority. All right? Hear me tonight. So the church is fast asleep. But what begins to happen is God sends an angel of the Lord. Hey, Peter. You know what's fascinating about Peter? This is the same man that Jesus looked at and said, Your name's Simon, but I'm changing it to Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. It's fitting that he represents the church. The angel of the Lord comes. So why is that significant? Brother Justin, I want you to know that that word in the Greek, in that, that word angel, it can not only mean just, just an angelic being, but it means a messenger from God or even a preacher. And I'm not saying I'm an angel. I'm just a messenger. I'm not angelic. I'm six foot three and overweight. There's nothing to behold other than to behold. Okay, so he begins, hey, you see, this, church, this is, this, is, this is the teaching part. We're going to get to the encouraging part. Here's the teaching part. Is, is me and pastor do not just come up here on this platform just to fill time. Preachers across this nation, don't, I, I pray to God they don't step into their platform just to give another motivational talk. I pray it's not that way. The Bible says that they're, they're, in the last days there's hirelings that are going to come and they don't care about the sheep. They're just hired to take care of them. I want you to know that you, you, you're in a church that are not filled with hirelings, uh, but you're filled with a church of men of God that will say, Hey, wake up. Wake up. Don't, don't, don't succumb to what the enemy has uh, planned or entrapment that he has planned for your life. And what began to happen is Peter's, is the angel came to Peter and said, Get up, uh, get up. Uh, and the first thing that happens uh, is Peter responds uh, and the chains come off. The chains come off. Okay? And then what begins to happen is he says, clothe yourself. Get yourself right. Get yourself covered. Understand that's significant. Because church, if we want to be who God has called us to be, we've got to be covered by his blood. We've got to be covered by 
his love. Now I'm just not talking spiritually. We need to be covered spiritually. We need to be covered physically. But I want you to understand, he said, cover yourself because I'm taking you to a place that you did not think you could get to. So what happens is, he says, get up, clothe yourself, and he begins to lead him. I need my other volunteers. Carly, Maddie, come here and help me. Help me, help me real quick. Stay where you're at. Stay. Don't sit. I'm not going to treat you like a dog. Okay. I want you to stand right here, Maddie. Stand on the platform. Carly, I want you to stand right here. Uh, Emma, I'm going to need your help too. Marie, you and Emma, come down here. You come down here. I want Marie just stand there. Emma, I want you to stand over there. And, and, and they're just going to stand in proxy because I'm going to show you something really quick. I, 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 I'm already halfway through. So what begins to happen is God begins to lead him. And the angel of the Lord begins to lead him and says, listen, man, we're getting out of this. And Peter, the whole time, he, he's unaware. He's like, man, I don't, I don't know what's going on. This must be a vision. This can't be real. And what happens is the Bible says uh, is that God leads him through the first ward. They represent the first ward. Uh, he gets them through. Uh, he gets him through. Not only, not only does he take the chains off, uh, not only does he open the cell door, uh, but he opens another and he opens another door and what begins to happen is he gets to the second ward and he leads him through another door and then they get to the big gate the gate that takes multiple men to open and then all of a sudden it opens by itself and what happens is he's standing there in the middle of the street the angel leaves him and Peter comes to his senses the Bible says he came to himself and he realized this is not a vision this is reality this really happened. I want to hear, here's what I want to remind the church of tonight. Here's what I've come to encourage you to do. You may be asleep. You may be surrounded by adversaries. You may be closed in by walls. But what happened on the outside is that Peter began to look back at what he had been through and realized, wait a second, God granted me freedom here. He granted me deliverance here. He granted me access says here. He granted me freedom here. And I know that this is not a vision. This is not an illusion. But this is real. I want you to know what God has brought you through is not an illusion. It was real. The depression he brought you through was not an illusion. It was real. I want you to know the anxiety that he brought you through was not an illusion. It was real. If God saved you back then. I want you to know that he is good enough to keep saving you today. I want you to realize Peter looked back and he said you know what? I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize where I was. But he brought me out of that prison. He took me through a gate. He took me through another door. And he opened even more doors. And now I'm standing out here and I'm delivered and set free. Hear me tonight. Because church, we have to understand to get out of this place, we have to realize that who the Son has set free is free indeed. When he saved your soul, your deliverance was not an illusion. It was real. All along the way, Peter's like, man, I don't know if this is real. I don't know if this is real. Because... What happens in our walk with the Lord 
as you stand up, we have a good service. And it's like, TJ, oh, man, I'm free. Oh, I'm free. I, I feel good. And two weeks go by and three weeks go by. And then four weeks go by and we get tempted. And in our natural mind, we think, oh, I, I've been tempted. So I'm, the, the enemy tries to use that to, to reverse what God has done. What the enemy tries to do is say, oh, you're tempted. You're really not free. So let me just take you back to where you were. Let me just take you back to bonds. Let me just take you through this gate. Let me just take you through that gate. Let me take you back to the chains. And what the enemy does is he tries to magnify temptation to make us believe that what Christ did for us on Calvary was not good enough. I want you to understand this. I want you to get this in your spirit tonight. The Bible tells us in the book of James to consider it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Why? Because that means you are going the right direction. Hear me tonight. The reason you are tempted, the reason we're tried is because the enemy does not want you to look around like Peter did and realize, you know, what? He brought me through that five years ago. He brought me through that six years ago. He brought me through that a year ago. Wait a second. I've been free this whole time. I've never been bound. I've never been shackled. But God has brought deliverance to me. Church, I want you to understand that there is a joy that is truly unspeakable and full of glory when you realize what he has brought you from. We just have to come to the realization that you know what? When I was saved, when I was delivered, I was truly set free. Temptation does not have a hold on me anymore. It does not mean I'm still bound. What it means is the devil himself knows I'm free. So Peter comes out. And he comes to himself. These guys got it easy. They've been able to lay down the whole message. Maddie, you can go ahead and start playing. Y'all can sit down. Thank you. You can just lay there. You look comfortable. Just don't get too comfortable. Don't go. These are places you need to be. You just talked about that. But Peter, the Bible says, it comes to himself. He's like, wait a second. I'm free. I'm delivered. But the enemy told me I was bound and Herod was going to kill me. And, but now I'm free. Church, we've got to grow into the warriors that God has called us to be. And I don't know about you. But I played some sports over my day. And I remember, Brother Jay knows what I'm talking about, being on the offense line. I was little back then. But then I ate that guy. I remember being on the offense line, Justin, I get down. I snapped the ball. I didn't just sit there. So there they went. I reacted to the adversary's movements. But in the church, oh, the enemy's after me. How are you going to react? 
Because every moment that you don't react, I'm talking about a godly reaction. Me and Sister Sarah was talking about this for church. A godly reaction to adversity is, you know what? We're going to come in. We're going to praise the Lord like we're free. We're going to lift our hands and lift our voice like we're free. Not like we're bound. Like we're free. Peter here. He says, man, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Like Brother Cameron was talking about how David got complacent. He had done some great things. God had brought him and used him to do great things. Peter had, I mean, this is, let's just recap. Book of Acts here. This is the man that preached on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 souls saved. Later would preach again. Him and the disciples would preach together. Apostles would preach together. 5,000 souls get saved. This is the man that was sent to Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10 and preached the gospel to Gentiles and saw them saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. This is a man that God had used to do some great things. And God just delivered him. And you know what he does? He doesn't just sit there and say, I'm free. He says, I've got to find somebody. I've got to find some people. And the Bible tells us that Peter goes. You can sit down. He goes to Mary's house. The mother of John Mark. And begins to knock. Rhoda comes to the door, a little servant girl. And the Bible says she was so overcome with joy that she didn't even open the door. She didn't even open the door. She's so overcome with joy. And she's telling everybody, Peter's outside. Peter's outside. Maybe you saw the spirit. No, Peter's outside. But he's still there. Still there. God did not deliver you to sit on a pew. He delivered you. Hey! I've been delivered! I've been set free! The enemy had me bound! But now I'm free. I'm free at work. I'm free at school. I'm free in church. I'm free. I'm not bound. There's no chains on me. There's no enemies surrounding me. There's no prison gates. There's no prison walls. Hey, I've been delivered. I've been set free. There's two things significant about that. One is the fact that the people rejoiced because he was delivered. Hear me. Your testimony is all the tests that you've been through. All the gates, all the chains, all the prison doors that he's brought you through. Do me a favor real quick. I want everyone to close your eyes. 
I want you to begin to think. When, when you were lost and he saved you. Anybody remember the night they got saved? I want you to go to that moment. I want you to go to the moment when you got bad news. Year later, two years later, three years later, five years later, ten years later, doesn't matter. You got bad news, but he walked with you through it, through a door, through a gate, from one place to another. What about when something happened to your family? What about when something happened to your marriage? What about when something happened to your life? I want you to put that in your mind's eye. Every gate that opened before you. The Bible says that there were soldiers at every gate. Hear me. Eyes closed. Hear me. There was an adversary waiting at every gate to eliminate your life. But he delivered. He brought freedom. He set free. Open your eyes. Someone needs to hear that story. Someone needs to hear about your deliverance. Someone needs to hear about what God's brought you through. Don't you be backward about what Jesus has done in your life. The Bible tells us that Jesus said this, that he would send the Holy Spirit, not only to give you power, but power to be witnesses. So there's my challenge, but here's where I, I want to pray for some people tonight. He went to that door and he knocked. Even when Rhoda sort of answered the door, she didn't open it. He knocked. He kept knocking, Justin. He just kept knocking. Hear me tonight. Deliverance is knocking at your door. Some people in this house... No one has to know. No one needs to know. But some of you have been dealing with some messed up stuff. Some lies straight out of the pits of hell. Some things trying to resurface. Hear me tonight. God sent this preacher, this messenger, just like he sent the angel to Peter. And he's knocking. He's saying, I got deliverance for you. I got freedom for you. Jesus said, in the same chapter where he said, who the Son has set free is free indeed. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Here's the truth tonight. He's knocking. What is it? What is it? Depression, fear, anxiety. What is it? Lust, loneliness. What is it? Healing. What is it that the enemy's trying to convince you you can't get out of? Holy Spirit's here. He's here for you. So if you're here tonight, stand with me. Don't sit back and say, if I go up there and people know I'm going through something. Listen, church, 
This is not a place of weakness. This is a place of strength. This should never be an embarrassment to anybody. The fact that the enemy tries to resist you from coming to this altar is the fact that he wants to keep you in a prison that's not yours. Peter was delivered because he had a work to do. I want you to know that God does not want you to keep dealing with that same junk. He wants you to to be delivered and set free. Why? So you can go tell other people what he's brought you through. Don't let that stuff resurface. Deliverance is knocking. So if that's you tonight, it may be one. I don't feel that it is, but it may be one. If I preach this message for one person tonight, that's worth it. You don't have to live that way you're living. God has a purpose for you. Those chains aren't your destiny. I've I've done this before, and I'll do this again before I make the altar call. I want you to turn around. I want you to look at your pew. Look at your pew. Look at your pew. Turn around. Look at your pew. And I want you to point at it. And I want you to repeat after me. You are not my calling. My calling is not just to fill a pew. It's good to be in a pew. But there's more for your life. Just remember. And if you're here tonight and you say, I don't know what deliverance feels like. But I wonder what you're talking about. I want you to know the Bible says that he's not a respecter of persons. If he delivered me, he can deliver you. If he brought me out of the miry clay and out of the pit, he can bring you out too. If he can bring me through the valley of the shadow of death, he can bring you through the valley too. So if you're here tonight and you say, I want deliverance, I want freedom. That's all this is tonight. It's about freedom and deliverance. And when I was praying, the Lord spoke to me so clearly. He said, I want this to become a house of deliverance. Where that's normal for us to see people delivered and set free. But if you're struggling, we're not here to beat you up. We're here to lift you up and we're going to pray with you and we're going to encourage you and we're going to strengthen you and we're going to rebuke the adversary that's coming after your life in Jesus' name. And we're going to see that the Son does set free and free indeed. And that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So if that's you tonight, you say, I'm battling, I'm battling. I want you to come. Come to these altars. Find a place to pray. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. There's freedom. There's freedom here. There's deliverance here. You don't have to be addicted. You don't have to deal with the secret stuff. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be lonely. Hear me that. Hear that tonight. You don't have to be lonely. You don't have to feel isolated. Is there one more tonight? They've come for strength. Is there one more that wants to come? Sister Maddie begin to sing. Brothers, sisters, help me pray for those at the altar because I want to see deliverance. I want to see deliverance. They need hope. They need strength.
I want to see deliverance. Pray with your voices lifted. If you want to pray in your seat, pray in your seat. If you want to lift your hands in worship, lift your hands in worship. But as Sister Maddie sings tonight, I believe that God wants this house to be a house of deliverance. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.